This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to the 34th episode of Kiwi and the Bird. I'm Kami. I'm Taylor. And in today's episode, we are going to give a non-spoiler review about the tasteful and lively A Magic Steeped in Poison by Judy Island. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book reviews work. We'll give you a little synopsis about the book, chat about the characters, and give our thoughts on the setting and writing style. And of course, we'll list our favorite things about A Magic Steeped in Poison, and we'll end the episode with a rating of the book. If you'd like to support the podcast, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description below. We'd be so grateful to have your donations. And now, on to the show. A Magic Steeped in Poison is a YA fantasy told through the eyes of protagonist Ning. Now, what is this book about, you might be asking? Here is the synopsis. When Zhang Ning accidentally kills her mom and poisons her sister, she decides to take part in a magic tea-making competition to earn the favor from the up-and-coming Princess of Dai, in hopes to save her loved one. But while the challenges might seem simple at first, Ning gets involved with the dangerous politics at court, and a handsome stranger who isn't all that he seems. The protagonist in the magic steeped in poison is Ning. Ning is known for causing trouble in her village, and when she comes to the palace in Jia, she has never felt more alone. But while she might feel like an outcast, there's a power budding inside of her that is ready to bloom. So what did you think about Neen? You know what? I liked her and disliked her at the same time. I liked her because Neen was a protagonist who actually used her abilities throughout the story. Yes. Which I appreciated, you know, because so often you read stories about witches or magic-wielding people or... Those are the same things, but I'm just trying to find words <laughs> for different things. But basically, like, they have these magical powers, but they rarely use them in the story. True. And I, I really appreciate that she herself used them. The reason why I disliked her is because she reminded me a lot of me. I was not expecting that. <laughs> she, she's kind of negative, and she's not very trusting of people. True. But she's also kind of, she also is felled by a handsome face. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, nothing has summed up me more. (laughs) No, literally. I was like, why do I relate so much to you? (laughs) I think Neen is kind of like the, the protective older sister where she does get into trouble from time to time, but not really because she's like a crazy partier or anything like that like she doesn't mean to cause a ruckus but she does tell the truth and she's blunt and she's honest and that does sometimes get her into trouble she's not afraid to let you know what she thinks or why she thinks it and in the story in some cases that's good and bad um I think with Neen I think overall I liked her because she was consistent and like you said she did use her abilities and she did you could tell she had a really close connection with her mom her family is a part of her. I think with her, I wish I could just pinpoint a little bit, a few more aspects, because I couldn't tell if she was quite adventurous or not, if she was quite curious or not. And sometimes in the story, I wish that she 
kind of did things more on purpose because sometimes it seems like she does a lot of things on accident. It was hard to like just like kind of like pinpoint her character down, but what you saw you liked. Yeah. In a magic steeped in poison, we also meet Bo. Bo is a suave, mysterious stranger who captures the attention of Ning in the marketplace. He's friendly and courteous, not to mention attractive, but what secrets does he hide? I feel like we reference this a lot in this show for some reason, which is funny because we don't really talk about it a lot in real life. But Bo is kind of like Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he kind of does have... Well, it's interesting because he has, like, aspects of Aladdin where it kind of seems like he has, like, that street rat knowledge, friendly, I'm going to sweep you off your feet in a kind way kind of Mm -hmm. thing going on. Where, like, he's mysterious, but he's not necessarily dark. Like, he's a pretty open person generally. And he feels... He's a... He's a very emotional person. Yeah. I feel like his feelings are always at the surface. I think with Bo, a.k.a. Aladdin, that I wish I just saw more of him in the story. Oh, yeah. I think that if I had, it's not that I didn't like what I saw, but I just wanted more spread throughout. I mm-hmm. feel like he was just concentrated in some areas where I feel like it would have felt more balanced if he was more consistent. Yeah, I feel like he, Bo, he's obviously the love interest, right? Yeah. I, we don't hide things <laughs> here. What? We don't tell spoilers, but. It's pretty obvious that he's a love interest, yeah. okay? You get that in, like, the first, what, 30 pages-ish? Yes. And he, the thing is that he'd be a really good love interest. And, you know, there's, like, some things where you're like, oh, that's really cute. Or things, and just, like, who he is. It's just like, oh, okay. You know, you just like want to, see, but you just want to see more of him and like throughout the story. Yes. And for me, Bo, with like, I can't get spoilers, but with like his place in the story, I feel like that could have been utilized more. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Also, if he had a carpet, would not object to that. <laughs> a little, you know, a little monkey named Abu. I don't know. What? <laughs> We're just coming up with these things. Now, let's talk about the setting. A magic steeped in poison takes place in the country of Dai, a fantastical realm based off Chinese mythology. Civil unrest is apparent throughout the land, and the whispers of revolution sound from everywhere. Honestly, I did like the setting. I really did. I mean, there's, there's, there's been a trend in YA where you kind of take a country and like put like your own little spin on it. So it's not like actually China in this in this book's case, but it is like a fantasy realm based off of it. Yeah, it's almost like reinterpreted. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked it. You know, it was, I could very much feel that this was Chinese. Like, I could feel the culture, but I like the descriptions of the food and of the stories of the mythology and just, like, just the way that the characters work. You know, it's, it's very, like, old-timey China, you know, with, like, the big robes and, like, the long hair and, like, Like, you can very much imagine it. Yes. So, for me, actually, the setting was the best part about the book. Yeah, I agree. I think, like you said, the aesthetic is very powerful in this story. You immediately get the sense of where you are and what time period you're in. There isn't any confusion. And the mythology pairs well with the world, and it makes sense. And, 
the food descriptions were personally my favorite. <laughs> also, when I was reading this book, I would get thirsty for tea every time, which says a lot because I'm not a big fan of tea. Do you not? But I wanted tea very bad in this because of this book. Oh, if you're like really into historical sea dramas, like this is the one for you. <laughs> Can I just tell you? Like this I've only ever seen clips of historical sea dramas because I'm much more of a contemporary person myself. <laughs> but like in the clips that I've seen, like the aesthetic is there. Like <laughs> this is historical sea drama, guys, just in written form. Therefore, it's a win-win. Yeah. I don't know where the second one came from, <laughs> but we'll still call it a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> now let's move on to our next topic, writing style. What did you think about the author Judy Island's writing style? I thought that Judy Island had a very straightforward yet poetic voice in a sense where my favorite descriptions were of the mythology and, and the food just because I feel like there was a there was passion there and there there was so much color and thought and so much of the senses incorporated into it that those felt like the themes that were most brought to life to me. I think for me personally, now here's just a thing. I'm not, I know this is going to be ironic because we run a book podcast. I'm not the best reader though. Like sometimes details can kind of escape me. There was a thing with Hamlet in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so this may be me more so than the author. But I did find some things to be a little confusing where it's like there was missing links in my knowledge where I didn't feel like I was fully processing or understanding some of the elements in the story. Not all. Like I understand the general plot, but sometimes the specifics or like like the little intersections between conflicts I found were a little bit confusing. I would agree. Yeah. This book is told in first person present. Which basically means you're in the mind of the protagonist as things are happening to her. Yes. Which is a very, I think it is a difficult perspective to write from. Because you have to make it make sense to the reader as well. You know, if something is confusing to the protagonist, you have to make it so it's not confusing for the reader. Yes. And it's weird because I don't think it was necessarily like the pacing that felt uneven. No. But it was more so... Like, maybe the distribution of information? Yeah. The exposition. Yeah. Yes. Was just handled in a strange way. If you like. Tea. Chinese mythology. Banished princes. Sea dramas. Political intrigue. Secretive romance. Competition. Sisterhood. Accidental murder. Sabotage. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that one. I forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sabotage. LGBTQ plus representation, food, daddy issues, then this is the book for you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that pretty much covers it. And if you like any of those things or just a combination of those things, and I think you should most definitely read this. Yeah. Go check it out. Go buy it. You do your thing. Go do your thing. Now, Kami, based on our rating scale of one to seven, one meaning literal trash and seven meaning fangirl mania, what would you rate A Magic Steeped in Poison by Judy I. Lynn? Okay, I think I'm going to give it a rating between four, which is page turner, and five, which is feeling myself. And I'm going to give it a 4.2. Here's the thing. 
mm, I feel terrible saying this. It wasn't necessarily a page turner. Necessarily. Okay? It wasn't like once I put the book down, I immediately wanted to pick it back up. But, you know, she did have a very interesting concept. She was very consistent with the pacing. I could understand, you know, the characters and, like, how they all fit into the story. And I thought it was a very interesting story with, like, with all the political intrigue and, like, just the things. And she did really well in in infusing the Chinese aesthetic into it. Right? But uh, just with her writing style, it kind of didn't, it didn't keep me into the story. Plus, I felt like the romance could have had something more. And, you know, I, the romance is a really big part for me. Yeah. It might be the main reason why we chose this book. <laughs> we were in a romancy mood. <laughs> we were. Um, still, it still wasn't a bad read. You know, like, it's, I wouldn't not recommend it to people. I get that. Yeah. I think for me, I'm going to give this book a 3.9. Uh, 3.9 is to be or not to be. I love the idea behind the magic in tea making. I thought it was a very different magic and I loved that it was, that it was with tea. I thought that was very creative and also very well thought of concerning the world. The fact that tea is such an important part and aspect of Chinese culture. And we were able to just, to understand the character motivations and I do feel like the overall buildup was good. I think for me, I just wanted a little bit more, like, kind of punch. And I feel like, I even though I, I did really like the ending, I wish there was a little bit more tension or a bit more of, like, an antagonistic influence to help kind of bring about that intensity in the ending. I think... More so, my notes are kind of things that I wish were a little bit more amplified. So, like with you said, like what you said with the romance, I wish that the romance, like it had the grounding to be something that could actually really hurt my heart in a good way. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't quite hurt in the way I wanted to be, which sounds weird, but that's the way with romance. I mean, you're you kind of take a masochistic kind of way <laughs> of them. <laughs> You know, you want you want the buildup, you want the fallout, you yes. want all of it. You want the angst, you want the pain, you want to feel, especially when it is kind of like secrecy and, you know, palace hallways and political intrigue. I, I really like political intrigue stories because of the romantic encounters it can create. But I do feel like it just wasn't fully harnessed in the way I wanted it to be. Thank you so much for joining us on Kiwi and the Bird for a book recommendation episode about a magic steep in poison by Judy Island. We hope that you'll join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. Once more, if you'd like to support the podcast, just click on the link in the episode description. We hope you liked today's recommendation. Join us for our upcoming book discussion episode where we go into spoilers and details about a magic steep in poison. And remember, like a library, at Cueing the Bird, shh, happens.